Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal. Martinez Evans is a 300-pound runner with eight marathons under his belt. But the first day he trained, Evans ran for 15 seconds on a treadmill and then fell off with a thud. But that didn't stop him. Thanks to what he calls delusional self-belief, he kept going. Now he's a coach and founder of the Slow AF Run Club. That's also the title of his new book. He joins us to talk about how to overcome self-doubt, chafing, fatphobic hecklers, and exclusionary ideas of what a runner should look like. Running at any size and speed, that's all coming up next after this news. This is Forum. I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal. I'm not much of a runner. My goal when running has always been to try to finish and don't come in last. Running can be an intimidating sport to get into. Runners often have slim physiques, impossibly graceful strides, and the lung capacity of sea animals. But Martinez Evans says you should set all that aside because anyone can run. He should know. He's run eight marathons, has a sponsorship from Adidas, and has founded the Slow AF Run Club, a virtual running club for runners of all shapes and sizes. And here's the thing. According to Evans, size doesn't matter. He proudly weighs 300 pounds. And one of the rules in his run club is you don't talk about your weight and you don't obsess over your pace. In fact, when it comes to speed, Evans advises running at a sexy pace. Advice like this can be found in Evans' new book, The Slow AF Run Club, the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to run. Martinez Evans, welcome to Forum. Grace, thank you for having me. Uh, we are delighted that you're here, and I love the book. I-, I wanted to ask you about your relationship to running. I mean, as a young kid, what were you told about running, and what did you feel about that sport? Well, as a young black kid growing up in Detroit, Michigan, the thing you only think you knew about running was track. You ran track, you ran fast, and you ran hard. So I didn't know anything about marathoning or running long distance. And when I started running, I thought that's what you did. Just like track, you ran fast and you ran hard. Yeah. And then did you ever run track? No, I didn't. <laughs> I actually <laughs> played football. Uh, why, why did you feel that running was not accessible to you as a young kid? Um, like I said, it was just one of the things that was just celebrated for being fast and skinny. Um, that was the thing that they touted for individuals who wanted to run track. So being a fat, short individual during that time, mm-hmm. running track wasn't a uh, 
brought to me, but also it wasn't celebrated for my body to even do something like that way. Yeah, I mean, I think you said in your book that you failed the one minute mile. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I kind of relate. <laughs> that happened to me too. Um, but then as an adult, your doctor, a guy probably with not the best bedside manner, told you lose weight or die. And you decided to run a marathon. Why was that your goal? Grace, I was being facetious. So this doctor's <laughs> appointment was was brutal. I go there because I'm having hip issues. And this doctor is like, I know what's wrong with you. You're fat. You need to lose weight. And he goes on to say, Martinez, you got this stomach as a pregnant woman. You need to start walking on the track. And what I said was, skip all that. I'm going to run a marathon. And he laughed at me, Grace. Mm. He told me that was the most stupidest thing he has heard in all of his years of practicing medicine. Not the nicest doctor. Well, how did no. you respond to that? Well, you know, it's not generally accepted to uh, hit people. So, you know, the, the next best thing was to walk out the doctor's office and buy shoes. Mm. So I bought shoes and got on that treadmill that day. On that very day. And how did that go? Grace, if I felt miserably. <laughs> so I was inconveniently sandwiched between two gazelles. One person was going 10. The other person was going nine on the treadmill. I thought to myself that I can at least go seven. And 15 seconds later, Grace, I fell off the treadmill. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, at that time, what kind of shape were you in? So during that time, I was maybe about a year and a half from uh, playing collegiate football. I was on my feet. I was still relatively in shape, for lack of a better word. So I was a weekend warrior. So I played basketball with my friends on the weekend, flag football, things of that sort. But I was heavier. So, um, Going on this treadmill and looking at these guys who I, I theoretically thought they were marathoners and so on, and to size them up and see them go that fast, and for me to be like, well, I'm going to try that as well, and me fail, I was mortified. Hmm. What, 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 what brought you back? What kept you going at that moment? So, Grace, as I was crying and I had tears in my eyes, I reached out to the doorknob, and I have this tattoo on my right wrist that says, no struggle, no progress. And it's from the famous Frederick Douglass speech. And when I looked at that tattoo with tears in my eyes, that speech went over in my head. And at that moment, I made the commitment to myself to A, prove everybody wrong and also prove to myself that I can do it. And that tattoo, was that something that you'd had for a long time? Yeah. So I got this tattoo very young. I got it when I was um, about 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. And what was the impetus for that? So that speech, you know, the speech from Frederick Douglass, you know, if there's no struggle, there's no progress. Men who favor freedom yet deprecate agitation is men who want crops without plowing the land. You know, he goes on to say, you know, these are men who want the ocean without his roar or as men who want the rain without thunder and lightning. And in the speech, he goes on to say, like, the struggle may be a moral one it may be a physical one or it may even be a mental one. But it needs to be some type of struggle to have some progress. And I remember being 19, like I said, 17 or 18, and seeing this and reading this speech and being like, whoa, like mm. this is dope. I think this would be a great <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> well, it sounds like it certainly inspired you on this journey to be a runner. I mean, you said that you were a weekend warrior, but you were a little bit out of shape. Um, and at the time, you weighed over 300 pounds when your doctor gave you this advice. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And I mean, I wanted to talk before we get into sort of your book um, in all its details about the word fat, because mm-hmm. you're you say you're OK with that word. And I wanted to have you explain why. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm doing and a lot of individuals are doing is trying to take back the power of fat. You know, growing up, fat mean it was a bad word. It was a nasty word. It mean that you were morally inferior and Going through this process, years of therapy, even running eight marathons, I learned that I'm not morally inferior hmm. and I should be celebrated to do these these feats of physical activity. And I should be celebrated even if I am slower and I may weigh heavier than somebody else. But when it's all said and done, I conquer and I overcome all the obstacles to get to that finish line just, less, just as somebody else. And so when we think about using that word fat is for you, it's something akin to just same as being hair color or eye color. It's just a descriptor. Absolutely. You know, but what I would say, Grace, is that don't be walking around calling other people fat. You know, <laughs> right. You know, some people are not necessarily um, inclined for that word to be used to them. But for me and myself and some of my people, I'm OK with being called fat. Mm-hmm. Well, the cover of your book, it has a picture of you running mid-stride on a track. And, and then when you open the book, the first page has a picture of you from behind also running. And, and you've posed nude for men's health as well. I've, it, that's a great article. Why was it important for you for readers to see your body? I think it was very important because it's just another calling card to let people know who may um, not think they are a runner or they can be a runner. I want them to see my fat body running and being joyful. The same thing with men's health. I want them to see my body as art and let them know that you too can be comfortable in the body that you have right now. Well, we're talking about running at any size and at any speed and also how to overcome self-doubt and chafing, fatphobic hecklers and exclusionary ideas of what a runner should look like with Martinez Evans. He's the author of a new book, The Slow AF Run Club, the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to run. And listeners, we'd love to hear from you because I'm sure there are stories out there. Are you a runner who doesn't fit into the conventional image of a runner? Tell us your story and what obstacles have you overcome in the process of creating a running habit? And maybe you don't run. And why is that? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or you can email us your comments or questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. Martinez, you know, on the one hand, running is a sport that has a really low barrier to entry. All you, all you really need to do is put on some shoes and run. But on the other hand, it can be a super intimidating sport to participate in. And I wondered if you found that and why you think that is. Well, Grace, even for a person of size, running can be a sport that's a high barrier entry. So imagine being this this person of size and you go to your local big box store and there's no clothes to fit you. So you're almost mm-hmm. caught in this catch-22 where you got the world like looking at you and like, ah, you're fat, blah, blah, blah. Shame, mm. shame. You've been sitting on the couch eating potato chips, right? And then when you actually get the curse to go out there and do something, there's no clothes for you. Right. You know, in the in the book, I, I talk about this, uh, this, this story of, you know, going to a, a big box store and the, the sales associate is like, oh, like we only have a size 2X, like try this on. And I go into the fender room and I can't get this shirt off of me. So I like have to rip it like the Incredible Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the book you say, like, don't these people want to make money? <laughs> yes. 
So I think that's the 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 interesting part is that if 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 on one hand, you know, the world is saying, oh, you know, a majority of the United States or whoever or other world is overweight or obese. But on the other hand, you go to these stores and there's no clothes to fit the the fit the the quote unquote majority of the world. So it just does it's not lining up to me. Mm-hmm. Like wouldn't brands want to pander to people of larger sizes since it's more of them versus um going to somebody in a smaller body? Yeah. I mean, and you worked in men's warehouse, so you kind of know about you know selling retail to folks. I mean, this is something that you know about. Yes. Yeah. So, well, we're talking with Martinez Evans. He has a new book, The Slow AF Run Club, The Ultimate Guide for Anyone Who Wants to Run. In it, Evans offers advice about why it's okay to run slowly, how to train, and importantly, how to handle chafing, which we're going to get into shortly. We definitely want to hear from you. Are you a runner who doesn't fit into the conventional image of a runner? Tell us your story. And what obstacles have you overcome in the process of creating a running habit? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866 866- 733-6786 or email us your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org or you can find us on social media. We're at KQED Forum. And you know, as we go into the break, Martinez, I have a kind of a treat for you. We've got a song that gave you motivation to keep running. That was Send Me, I'll Go by the Canton Spirituals. Here's a little snippet. I'm Grace Wan in for Alexis Magical. Right, we'll be right back after a short break. If I have to go by myself, I have to go by myself. I'll go if I have to go by myself. Go by myself. If my mother don't go, my father don't go, my sister don't go. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Sometimes you just feel tired, feel weak, and when you feel weak, you feel like you want to just give up, but you got to search within you, try to find that inner strength, and just pull that out of you, and get that motivation to not give up, and not be a quitter, no matter how 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal. That was Till I Collapse by Eminem. We're talking to Martinez Evans. He's a running coach and the founder of the Slow AF Run Club. Martinez, I think that's on your running playlist. Is that it music is. you listen to while you run? It is. <laughs> well, super motivating. Um, well, as I said, we're talking to Martinez Evans. He has a new book, The Slow AF Run Club, The Ultimate Guide for Anyone Who Wants to Run. In it, Evans offers advice about why it's okay to run slowly and how to train. And we'd love to hear from you. Are you a runner who doesn't fit the conventional image of a runner? Tell us your story. Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. I wanted to go straight to the phones. Um, We have Andre from Dublin. Andre, welcome to Forum. Good morning. Morning. What's up, Andre? How you doing? We're doing great. What's your story? No, I just just wanted to call in. I never really do, but um, super heard the story and it just can relate so much to it i thought that i probably should and how do you relate to it andre Uh, so yeah during the pandemic when the gyms closed was kind of a scary thing uh not having the access to a gym or a place to exercise so for myself i just took to outdoor running not really having any experience doing it and learning a couple lessons myself so Hearing the the slower pace method is okay. That was something I just didn't have in my mind and ran into a couple of pitfalls. Oh, I love that. I mean, what do you think about that, uh, Martinez? Did the pandemic increase the number of people out there and the number of people you saw trying to break into the sport? Absolutely, um, Grace. This, the pandemic is one of the reasons why the, the Run Club blew up to the tens of the thousands of members that's inside the club now. You know, there was a lot of individuals who were sad and depressed that they couldn't get outside or get to the gym. So one of the things that we started to do with the Run Club is host virtual races where individuals were able to, you know, say they're going to run a certain distance. They run that distance and we actually send them a race medal in the mail. So we were getting five to 6,000 people signing up for these virtual races each month throughout this pandemic that 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 was one of the catalysts for more people to join our club. Well, I wanted to talk about races. I mean, when you ran your very first marathon in 2013, I think you came like close to back of the pack. And I wonder, did it bother you or were you just glad to finish? You know, I was glad to finish. I think the thing that really bothered me was I got heckled by one of the race volunteers who were driving on one of the vehicles. So every mile on the mile, this individual will come to me and be like, hey, big man, you want to ride to the finish line? And like that war on me, hmm. you know, especially when you're mile 18, 19 of a marathon and the voices are, are are talking to you in your head, telling you to stop. You know, your your heart is telling you to keep going. And you got this individual that's like, hey, get in the car. I'll take you to the finish line. But, you know, once you get in that car, the race is over. So for me, I, I think it just means a lot. You know, what I talked about individuals being in the back of the pack and um, overcoming these obstacles. Like, this is one of the obstacles that I had to overcome to even make it to the finish line. So it meant a lot to me. Mm. I mean, when you were able to get to the finish line, often, you've talked about this, runners finish a marathon, they often get swag, like a medal or a t-shirt, but you don't have any t-shirts from marathons you've run. Why is that? Um, that's because most races don't carry my size. 
you know, most races stop at like a one X when it comes to t-shirt sizes. So I, I, I'm, I'm apt to believe that there are a lot of individuals who don't wear their race shirt just because they don't have their size. Is that just a blind spot of races that you're trying to change? Yes, it is one of the things that I'm trying to change. And, um, I actually just recently talked to a race in Indiana, the Indiana Monumental Race, and I was talking to that race director, and he told me after reading one of my stories and either in Men's Health or in Runner's World, he decided to increase his shirt size to 3X to all, for all of his races. Mm-hmm. Well, another part of the, the the race culture is that often they'll say, like, the, the race ends in six hours, but slow runners can take longer than that. So what happens if you're at the back of the pack and... I mean, and you see people, the race organizers packing up. It just must be kind of demoralizing. It is, Grace. And that's one of the things is that you have to fend for yourself. And I think that's the the wonderful thing about the people in the back of the pack is that these are obstacles that we have to we have to overcome to make it to the finish line. And imagine running a race and you're on your last leg and the thoughts are going through your head and you see people packing it up and the race is flipping over t- tables with water and packing up everything. So now this race becomes an obstacle course um, and a scavenger hunt in <laughs> order to make it to the finish line because there's no directional signs, there's no water, there's no food. So I think slower individuals to pat themselves on the back because you made it, you made it to the finish line in spite of all of that stuff happening. Mm. Well, let's go to the phones again. We've got Marsha from Berkeley. Marsha, welcome to Forum. We're so excited to have you. Um, join us. Hi, Marsha. Yes. Um, hi. Um, my name is Martha. It doesn't matter. I'll go by Marsha also. Um, but I'm not, uh, I don't fit the profile of a runner. I'm, uh, I've been running off and on for most of my life, and I'm 76 now and uh, still run a couple times a week. And um, I'm quite slow, but um, the emotional benefits, uh, in spite of heckling and uh, uh, things that um, our the speaker is talking about, are you know still evident. But um, I guess as long as um, I can do it, I'll just keep running. Oh, that's great! How often? How how far do you run, Martha? Um, I run about three miles uh, each time. That's so impressive. Okay. I mean, what do you think about yeah. that, Martin? I mean, here she is, 76 and running slow, but running, it's amazing. That's the beautiful thing about running, Grace, is that even if you're running slow, there's you still have so many benefits to the sport of running. And you also have benefits even if you don't lose weight. Like, it still affects your heart rate. It still affects your blood pressure, your A1Cs. All of those things are beneficial to run in older age. Well, thanks for calling, Martha, and keep on running. That's an awesome story. Uh, Martinez, I want to ask you, you talked a little bit about heckling. How do you handle that? You know, <laughs> you almost got me. You know, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I say is, you, you know, you got to fight back. You know, people are going to heckle you, and, and that's that's a part of the business. But what somebody always told me was that somebody else's opinion of you is none of your business. So they can they can heckle, they can point, they can do all the other stuff. But the, the beautiful thing is that you're out in the arena, you're out training, and most of the time these hecklers, they're either faceless people on the on the internet or they're not even doing the thing that you're doing. 
Mm, I mean, well, at, at one point you lived in the Bay Area. You're in Brooklyn now, but you lived mm-hmm. at the Bay Area for a time. And there was a run club that you tried to join. I, I gather it wasn't the most welcoming experience. What happened and how did you handle that? So, yeah, I um, I was in the Bay Area and I was looking for a run club. And, you know, I looked online and I found this run club. And, you know, on their website, they, they had all of the buzzwords, you know, Every all paces walk on walker friendly things of that sort, and when I get there, first you know I, I told these individuals that I was training for a marathon, and the gentleman was like, you know, we think you should lose weight first, but that's beyond the case. So then I told them, well, this is my pace, this is how far how fast I run, and they told me, oh, we don't have a pace group for for you, so you can try to keep up in this other pace, and I try, and eventually I got left, and I end up getting lost on the on the trail because of that. Mm, so what happened next? So I met I met up with somebody else who also got left on the on the trail. We both ran back home or like ran back to the car and hey, I never said, seen him again, but also I started running with that person. Like we started mm-hmm. to run together in the bay and you know, our 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 one of the things that we got got in common was that we got left at this run club. <laughs> It was a bonding moment for you to be abandoned. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm sorry that the club wasn't more welcoming to you. And um, but, you know, hopefully that that's not your experience now with the Slow AF Run Club. Oh, no. You know, we take the motto of no runner left behind at the Slow AF Run Club. Well, we're talking with Martinez Evans. He has a new book, The Slow AF Run Club, The Ultimate Guide for Anyone Who Wants to Run. In it, Evans offers advice about why it's okay to run slowly and how to train and how to handle problems like chafing. Um, And we want to hear from you. Are you a longtime runner? What do you do to support people who don't fit the mold? And do you think running culture is welcoming? Or are you somebody who's wanted to start running, but you haven't yet? Tell us what's stopping you from doing that. You've got Martinez Evans here, no better coach to get you into the sport. Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or email your comments, questions to forum at kqed.org. Or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. Martinez, you speak very frankly in your book about safety while running and particularly running while black. What are some of the precautions that you have to take um, as a runner who is running while black? Well, this is something that I, I talked about in the book, right? And I think there's a whole book that could be written about this, right? And, you know, as a black individual who who runs, right, and or training for marathons, I've been stopped by the police countless times. I've been handcuffed, even in running gear so some of the things that i do is a i i never leave or without running without id i wear bright clothes um and then the other thing i try to do is make sure that my neighbors know who i am so that way my identity for these individuals is that oh like oh that's martinez he's the big black guy who runs versus oh there's a big black guy who runs and he looks suspicious Mm. And, you know, you've offered tips for people to be allies of runners like yourself. What, what can people do to make sure that running is safe for everybody? I would say one of the things to help running be safer for everybody is you got to give the person a benefit of the doubt. I think when you have a person of color, we don't necessarily get the benefit of doubt. So I would say that's the first thing. Give that individual benefit of doubt and, you know, think they're there for good intentions. The second thing is if there is a, a altercation going on, like 
use yourself as a way to help cloak this individual protection. That can be putting yourself in the middle of this. That can mean recording it. That can mean um, calling in for support and support from other individuals. But you have to do something, right? I think we're in a nation now where if there's something going on, the first thing we do is reach for our phone and record. Mm. And I think what we really need to do is go and take action. Right. Well, let's head to the phones. We've got Jeff from Benicia. Jeff, welcome to Forum. Hi there. Uh, I'm a first-time caller, and I want to say thank you so much for talking about this. This is something I wanted to just speak a little bit to Martinez about motivation. One of the things that motivated me on, I've run three marathons, uh, two LA and one San Francisco marathon, and I was 230 pounds at my lightest. Um, And I got through them both, um, or all three of them. But motivation wise, I used to work for a, a restaurant and in my in my motivation, um, I wore or in my first marathon, I ran I ran wearing a chef's hat, you know, one of the long, tall chef's hats. And um, I didn't realize it. But as I was running again, my name is Jeff. And as I was running, people would say, all right, Jeff, chef. All right, chef. <laughs> and I kept thinking they were saying Jeff. And I couldn't figure out how did they know my name. And I was able to get 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 through the first marathon with that motivation. So it was a creative way of figuring it out. But but I just wanted to get, uh, tell you, thank you for talking about this. Uh, I'm a heavy runner running among gazelles and uh, just was really inspired by this conversation. Do you thank still, you, Chef Jeff. I mean, Jeff, do you still run with the hat? No, that, that was that was actually a, a friend of mine who we were both uh, waiters in, at this restaurant, and we both put on the hat, uh, and I happened to be running with it, and I, I thought this was great, you know, and and uh, it turned out to be really great because it was a motivating factor. I love that, Martinez. What do you think about mo- things that can motivate you to run? I mean, there's the chef hat. What other what other tricks of the trade do you have to keep keep yourself motivated? So the other thing is slowly of run club merch. If you ever seen our merch, we have these paisley turtles, and these turtles are the happiest thing that you can ever see. And wearing this shirt is is a, is a badge for other people to come to you and encourage you and support you along the race. Um, the other thing is talking to random strangers. I met so many friends, Grace, just from running a race and looking to the left of my right of me and being like, yo, this sucks, right? And they'd be like, yeah, it does. And we drum up a conversation. So I have friends to this day that I can call them right now and ask them, hey, what's in your refrigerator to eat? Because we've met during a race. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome. Let's go back to the phones. I've got Catherine from Santa Rosa. Catherine, welcome to Forum. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, So I uh, was never a runner. I thought running was the most boring thing, but my husband was a runner. And I had had a bone marrow transplant at the age of 26, and it took a while to recover. And my husband said, I think you should run a marathon. And he said, I can get you to do this. You know, I can write out a schedule for you. You won't have any injuries. And I got so tired of him bugging me about it. Finally, I just said, fine, I'll run a marathon. I'll follow your schedule. And it was pretty amazing because he told me after two or three miles, you'll get into it. You'll really love it. So I was very slow. I'd go out and run. I was up to 20 miles. I said, I'll be back in four or five hours. And I just would get into this meditative state. It was pretty amazing how it made me feel. And then the day of the marathon, 
I was able to do it. I finished just under six hours and I had been sick along the way, but I managed to finish it and I was feeling kind of bad about it that I took that long. And my husband said to me, you know what, all those people who finish in three hours or, or less, they've never run six hours in their life, I bet. So he said, you have a lot to be proud of. And it, it was pretty amazing experience because I went from someone who hated running to really finding a lot of peace and, and contemplative time in that. That is incredible. I mean, and what an accomplishment after all you've experienced to even finish the marathon. Martinez, I mean, you say that the pace doesn't matter, does it? The pace does no, not matter. The pace does not matter. The celebration is in the application. The celebration comes in the fact that you got off the couch and you did it in spite of all of these obstacles. So who cares if you run slow? You know, Grace, this is the other thing. Most races are permitted as a parade. So if you look at this, we're actually all just running a parade. And last time I checked, I didn't see the Santa Claus uh, float trying to outbeat the the Mickey Mouse float. They all just... (laughs) participate in the parade together so if you see it in that way like we're we're just running the parade and your your pace is your pace and you're going to get to the finish line regardless i mean i remember running in a race and my goal was just it was i was running in the beta breakers and people famously don't wear clothes in that race and (laughs) my goal was just try to get ahead of the naked guy in front of you so that you can just finish this race and then there was another naked guy in front of that guy so it was that was my motivation just try to beat the naked people and you'll get to the end which i eventually did uh we're talking to martinez evans he's got a new book out called the slow af run club the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to run it's all about running at any size and any speed and we'd love to hear from you what obstacles have you overcome in the process of creating a running habit or frankly any habit and if you run why do you do it and if you don't run what's keeping you from doing it give us a call now at 866-733-6786 that's 866-733-6786 or email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on twitter facebook or instagram we're at kqed forum I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal. We'll be right back after a short break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Ay, ay. She's a runner, she's a track star She gon' run away when it gets hard 
She can't take the pain, she can't get scarred. She hurt anyone that gets involved. Don't wanna commit, why take it this far? She gon' do the race, just not this one. Love is a game you used to cheer for. When I was down to talk, you weren't here for. Oh, that's a little Mooskin. Who doesn't love a track star? I'm Grace Swan, in for Alexis Madrigal. Welcome back to Forum. I'm talking to Martinez Evans, the author of The Slow AF Run Club. It's the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to run, and we're taking your questions and your calls about running, running at any size, and why you may or may not run. You can call us at 866-733-6786, or find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. Martinez, one of my favorite parts of your book is a tip called running at sexy pace. Tell me what, tell our listeners what sexy pace is. So, sexy pace. <laughs> this is the pace in which um, you run and you're able to talk to somebody comfortably. You know, you might also hear this called conversational pace. But what I found as I was running, a conversational pace just sounds boring, but Every time I ran at this pace, I felt as if I heard the Baywatch song in the back of my head. <laughs> so I felt sexy while I was doing it. So that's why I called it sexy pace. I mean, just run like you are, you have a red bathing suit on <laughs> and you are on the sand. I, I love that. Let's go to some calls. We've got Ami from San Francisco. Welcome to Forum, Ami. Yes. Hi. Thank you. First of all, congratulations, Martinez. Your story is so inspirational and many more miles of running to you. Um, I've run a number of marathons. Uh, I started also because my physical health was not the greatest. And that was a motivation for me to get a tread. My wife got a treadmill. I started walking on it. And after a while, I got hooked. And then I went outside. And I'm out of breath because I just finished my morning run. My question to you, Martinez, is did you notice any other side effects to your health, beneficial effects? And I mean not only your physical health, but your mental health and your spiritual health. I found myself a, a much higher degree of self-esteem and, um, and worth. And before you answer that, if I could just say, I used to read the works of John Bingham, known as the penguin in the runner's world. And he said, the miracle is not to have finished a marathon. The miracle is to have begun a marathon. Mm-hmm. And um, your story is so inspirational. But I'm, I'm curious about any other side effects you may have uh, benefited from from your Right. Thank you so much. Martinez, side effects? Absolutely. So I mean, those side effects that he mentioned, I I also got as well. You know, I feel more grounded when I'm running, right? I also have more of a level head while I'm running, right? That's why when people yell at me and, and talk to me, I'm okay with just smiling and nodding and moving on about my life. Of course, you know, there's other health benefits as well, you know, lower blood pressure, better A1Cs, better cholesterol, all of that happens once you run as well. Mm. Well, we have some questions for you, Martinez. A listener tweets, thanks for your thoughts this morning. I am overweight and borderline obese, but run at least two 10Ks every year. I am flat-footed and wonder, how do you deal with knee pain? And similarly, another listener writes, bottom line, running with 300 pounds slamming down on your joints is the ticket to debilitating joint damage. Walking is just as effective and less damaging. So how do you deal with, you know, the injuries that come with running regularly and, um, you know, and, and if you're a bigger body, maybe having joint pain associated with that? So, Grace, that's a very interesting concept. You know, there's a lot of misnotion when it comes to running that running is bad for your knees. 
However, I'm here to dispel that. As a 300-pound runner, I never had any knee problems. So that's the first thing, right? Okay. And then the second thing is that weight-bearing exercises is good for bones. Running is a weight-bearing exercise. Thus, running is good for building strong bones. So what happens is that individuals, they may have knee issues because they have weaknesses in other parts of their body. You know, there's this thing called gluteal amnesia. This, is, this happens because we sit on our behinds for a long period of time and those glute muscles don't activate um, more, effective, more effectively like we really want them to. And this happens throughout other muscles in our body. So one of the things that I recommend for individuals is to work out, get stronger, strength train. And then the other thing is go to physical therapy. You know, go see somebody that can help make sure that your imbalances that you have in your body can be balanced. And then, of course, you know, for individuals who are flat-footed, of course, you can go get, like, custom orthotics and things of that sort. Um, but overall, it really comes down to strengthening um, those muscles, your glute muscles, your hamstrings, your quads, and your calves. Mm. Cross-training is really good. Here's another question. I A listener writes, I only enjoy running if it's part of another physical activity, for example, basketball. How can I find the joy and motivation to run for running's sake? So one of the things I would tell people, sign up for a race. This is by far the funnest thing that I've ever participated in. And it's also the thing that keeps me um, accountable. So if I'm signing up for multiple races throughout the year, uh, a bunch of half marathons, a couple of marathons, I got to stay trained and I got to stay physically in shape to run these marathons, right? You can't fake a marathon. So just by having these races on my calendar and knowing that I paid my money for this keeps me accountable and motivated to continue to travel and run races. So just having that goal is what keeps you going. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. We've got Gail from Menlo Park. Gail, welcome to Forum. Hi, thanks so much for having me. And Martinez, oh gosh, I think you've really struck a nerve here. Uh, you probably have broken a record for first-time callers like me. Um, <laughs> but when you when you spoke about the lack of clothing, um, it just really made it so personal. I ran a marathon and did my first try at like sixty. And did it in men's clothes because I couldn't find women's clothes. But I think it, I was doing it so late because at a much earlier age, at the age where kids are in school and they have athletic directors that take a look at the shape of a child and decide that that child is probably not going to be interested in track, is not going to be interested in doing physical activity. And they kind of toss them aside and really focus on the kids that look like them, um, former jocks and really fit individuals. How do we move this conversation to that level so that the children um, who have the opportunity and who have access to track and, and other physical forms of exercise, how do we put the bug in the ear of the ADs and the athletic directors and the coaches that maybe these kids are interested in movement too. Great question. What should we be doing, Martinez? That is a great question and a, and a question that I've been thinking about for a very long time. Before I get there, interesting fact, I wanted to play Little League. 
And I was over the weight to be in my particular age group. So they gave me a garbage bag and told me, hey, go mm. run around the track in this garbage bag. And then the kids called me a trash kid or a trash man, right? So when you're thinking about that, most when it comes to athletics, our kids' bodies are commoditized, you know, in, for sport, for wins and losses. But there's never a um, physical activity just for the sake of physical activity. So I think we really need to get back and really put gym back into the classes and let people know that they can be active. There are so many modes to physically act, be physically active other than, um, you know, um, organized sports. A great, a great piece of advice. Um, you know, and there's something else about running and staying motivated that you've talked about, which is, you know, we all have sort of complicated relationships with our bodies. Maybe our body's not tall enough or strong enough or thin enough. And you say that we should give a name to this negative voice in our heads to kind of counteract it. I, I believe you've christened your negative voice Otis. Tell yes. us a little bit about Otis. <laughs> So, yeah, so in this book and throughout all of my years of like training, therapy, so on and so forth, one of the things that I learned is that not everything you think is real and not everything you feel is real, right? And we all have these negative voices that are inside our head that's telling us that we're not good enough. And throughout this process, one of the things I learned is that if I give this negative voice a persona, Otis, right? He is a drunk uncle who smokes a lot of cigarettes and has a raspy voice. I love it. Um, Yeah. And how do you counteract Otis? So the fact that now these voices are not in your own voice, they're in this Otis voice, you're able to then have a conversation with Otis. You can say, Otis, I know what you're trying to do. I don't know what you're trying to say, but that's not helpful. Like, go sit in the corner. Just like you would do a, a drunk uncle, right? I had a drunk uncle growing up, and I would say, uncle, go sit down. You're drunk. And you're like, you know what, nephew? You're right. Let me go sit down. So that's the same thing with this inner critic. You got to say, you know what? This is not helpful. Go sit down. I got it from here. Right. And then most of the time, that voice would be like, okay, you got it. Well, I like it. Maybe I'll name my inner voice Otis as well. I'll kind of draft off of you. Um, let's go to Amy in San Anselmo. Hello. Hi, Amy. Welcome to Forum. Hi. Um, I'm loving the show. Thank you for writing this book, and thank you for inspiring everybody. Um, My story with running um, started in high school. I was too slow to run with the team, so the coach made me the manager, um, which was fine. And and I just always loved running, and when I helped me get through a lot of things because I if I had a problem, I could just go running and it, I'd feel so much more relaxed and could let go of a lot of things. And then when I, a uh, little, like when I got older, I had a boyfriend who I wanted to break up with. and I ran a marathon. <laughs> I figured if I could run a marathon, then I could break up with him. <laughs> and I, I did. <laughs> Were you were you literally running away from him, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, I think it was just like finding the strength, really, mm-hmm. to to break up with them and to feel have confidence in myself. But um, anyway, I really appreciate it, and you've inspired me to. I haven't been running for a while, so 
you've really inspired me. I also would love to know more about specifically how you stretch because I've, I've pulled muscles. I've heard different things about like, should you stretch or at the beginning or at the end? Anyway, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Amy, for calling. And I mean, how should you stretch? How should you, um, what should your pre-running and post-running routine look like, Martinez? Yeah. So there's, you know, stag stretching, right? And these are like the stretches you think of as yoga. This is what you want to do after you run or after you work out. And you want to do after stretching. So like, you know, you want to do movement that's going to help with that particular run. So high knees or um, skipping, or sometimes you can even just walk a little bit. Those are the type of movements you want to do uh, in order to get those bones, joints, and muscles um, warmed up to start running. Well, one of the ugly secrets about longer distance running, you mentioned it in the book, it's the chafe monster. What is that and how do you avoid it? Oh, man. The chafe monster is something that comes after you while you're running and where you're wearing cotton. (laughs) So... (laughs) So one of the things I let people know is that cotton is your enemy when you're running. Unless you want your legs to feel like taco meat. <laughs> I do not want that, Marcus. I definitely want to avoid that. <laughs> don't wear cotton underwear, right? So don't wear cotton anything. So um, there are creams and lubes and things of that sort that you can put on your body and on your bits in order to um, stay movement and stay active without the chase monster coming to get you. That is good advice. I think you also talk about compression wear, right? Yes, compression wear as well. What is that? And it's for people who aren't familiar with it. So compression, compression garments, you know, most women may know about this because, you know, it's a part of like the, the undergarments. But you, for when it comes to more sports, you have like for gri- compression wear that you put as far as like shorts or a top. Um, and basically what it's made of is like a spandex, spandex polyester material that is very slick and it can move very easily amongst each other. So that way your legs don't end up like taco meat. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of what you see somebody like Steph Curry wearing under his basketball shorts, right? Yes. Some compression wear. So the the fancy athletes are wearing it. The coaches like Martinez are wearing it. Get yourself some compression wear and no cotton. I mean, the, no those, cotton. those are words to live by. Um, let's go back to the phones. I We've got Rohit from Fremont. Hey. Hi, welcome to Forum, Rohit. Hey, I'm the I'm like another one in the long list of first time callers today. <laughs> I think running is just like so close to my heart now. Um, I grew up in India and never ran. Was like dead last in a hundred meters of fifty of my classmates, and and just never really ran. And I think three years ago, sometime during COVID, I started to run around the block that I live in, and my aim was just to be able to run the block without stopping uh, for like a deep breath. And I've just kept on doing that. And I, I ran my first 10K last year in Berkeley, and I'm planning to run my half marathon. What I wanted to comment on was it's been really interesting, like being on Instagram and on Strava and stuff, to see the progress uh, others are making. And I've realized that my progress is going to be my own. It's my own journey. And uh, finding that acceptance has really allowed me to enjoy the running that I do now. Just wanted to say that and let everyone else uh, who's thinking about running know that you can just be out there and run. Oh, that's great. I mean, Martinez, you have a kind of a thought about comparing yourself. 
Absolutely. And there's comparison. It's the thief of joy. Mm. You know, the fact that if you're not a professional athlete and your job does not require you to get first, second or third place in a race, then there's no need to compare yourself to somebody else because we all are participating in a race to get a participation medal. So we might as well have fun with it and worry about our own progress throughout this journey. I love it. Do not compare yourself to anybody. That's that's word. That's a piece of advice that you could use in all aspects of your life. And I mean, as we end up the hour, Martins, I want to ask you, there seems like there are a lot of lessons that you have learned in running that are applicable to other aspects of your life. What's something that you want to leave our listeners with? Well, one of the things I want to leave with our listeners with is that we all have day zeros. Sometimes we may even have multiple day zeros. And that's okay. That does not make us less than an athlete. That makes us more than an athlete because there was so much more that we had to overcome in order to get to our accomplishments. So keep going. You got this. I love that. Keep going. You've got this. And we've been talking about running at any size and at any speed with Martinus Evans. He's the author of The Slow AF Run Club, the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to run. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Grace. And you can pick up this book. It's a great one. And it's not just um, pieces of advice. There's There are um, forms in there. There are, there are things that you can fill out, journals that you keep. So it's a really, it's a book that has a lot going for it. And you can pick that up at any independent bookstore. Um, again, thanks to all our listeners for your questions, our first time callers. It's been a wonderful show. This is Forum. I'm Grace Wan, in for Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Leslie McClurg and keep running at a sexy pace. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.